0: welcome to the occult london podcast this is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic misters and the Kabbalah, as well as other topics if you like the podcast please write a review and rate us it on itunes as it will really help us to get this message out there also be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show if anyone has any questions for me then i'd love to hear from them so please reach out via facebook or an email as i'd love to answer your questions you can find my facebook on the show notes alternatively email me at occotlondonpodcast at gmail.com thanks so much for listening thanks so much for all your support and i hope you enjoy the show as we've seen over the last few episodes we have been exploring the different planets of the solar system that had an impact on our ancestors and also magic over the ages and in this episode we will be discussing the darkest planet of the series, which is the planet Saturn, whom medieval astrologers called the Great Malefic. Saturn is the last planet we can see with visible eyes from the earth and so for many ages it's been associated with the beginning and the end of our universe as well as being the keeper of boundaries, time and also death and decay although this planet is the furthest away in terms of the universe it is second only to Jupiter in its gravitational power so Jupiter is very much expansion while Saturn is very much about contraction this contraction element means it has a massive influence on magic and spiritual work as well as the material elements on the earth Cornelius Agrippa uh, says the following about Saturn. From Saturn receives a sublime contemplation, profound understanding, solidarity of judgment, firm speculation, stability, and an immovable resolution. The feature that Saturn is probably most famous for is its huge concentric rings that swirl around it. And these are believed to have been formed millions of years ago through broken pieces of rock and ice and a nice way of thinking about these is that these ice covered rocks were without order and then saturn obviously came in during the formation of the solar system to bring order to the chaos of the debris and this is really the power and function of saturn it brings structure it brings order it brings limits and it's also bringing things into crystallization and materialization Denning and Phillips say the following about Saturn and I quote Lofty, autocratic, cold and sometimes mournful or brooding the forces of constriction and crystallisation has an affinity with the land and the depths of the earth with advancing age and long passage of time but also with artistic creativity the bringing of ideas into material form Similar to Jupiter, Saturn has multiple moons that orbit around the Earth, around it, sorry. And one of its names is King of the Moons, due to the planet having at least 82 moons within its orbit, of which the majority are named after either Greek or Roman gods. And this includes the second largest moon in the solar system, which has its own atmosphere and is also much bigger, even than the planet Mercury. The ancient Greeks called Saturn Phaimon, meaning shiny one, and they connected it with the god Kronos, who's the god of death. Saturn is also famous for its extremely slow orbit of the sun, with the planet taking around 29.5 years to do one orbit of the sign, the sun and the 12 zodiac signs. And this rotation is quite interesting because it's known as the Saturn return, and it's essentially when the planet returns to the same place in the sky as it was when you were born and this event normally brings about big changes in your life not always positive. The idea of the Saturn return is particularly important from the point of view of death as when you know in days gone by the average lifespan was around 30 years old so the return of this planet would have signified someone's death or at least you'd be coming up to you know the end of your days. Although the planet is associated with destruction, discipline and restriction, it's also important to remember that the planet was considered to be the realm of the god Saturnus for the Romans who was meant to have been the ruler of the golden age and also the one who taught mankind how to farm, how to grow crops and really kind of all this sort of agricultural development which is really the kind of foundation stone of of much of our civilization. And from that development of agriculture, from those sort of early civilizations, you then get, you know, learning, developing um, cultural things, artistic things developing out of that. So it's this kind of hard work at the beginning where you're, you know, plowing the fields, planting your crops. Um, But then once that hard work's done, then we start to see the rewards. We start to see the, the fruits of our labor coming through. And Saturn is very much a teacher that shows us that through hard work and efforts we can bring that unmanifest into matter and start to solidify and materialise our dreams. Saturn is a great teacher who can help us to learn how to cope with the challenges of the material world and also how self-discipline through the application of structures of law, frameworks and processes we can create and we can build things saturn is a great teacher however is also a bit of a taskmaster. so rather than having a teacher or you know a boss who's telling you how great you are all the time and gives out prizes to everybody who, who attends saturn is very much the opposite it's the restriction and hard and harsh discipline that that kind of creates this pressure cooker effect and out of that pressure Comes the best creativity and power through learning a skill. We have to go through many, many hours of failure before we can be considered good at it. And this is particularly uh, interesting if you consider that the metal of Saturn is lead. Lead is really heavy, ties us down to our responsibilities, be they um, you know work or family, and or even like financial responsibilities and with Saturn we agree to do something and it will make us do it and through doing that we overcome these Saturnian boundaries that have been set up and put in place. So it can be considered harsh, it's it's sort of doing the things you don't want to do, doing something you've kind of been putting off for a long time Um, but if we kind of go with the flow and continually grow, expand our consciousness, do the work then you start to being able to kind of overcome those Saturnian boundaries although once you tend to find once you expand one boundary then there'll be a new one in place this is the nature of existence we're constantly expanding and contracting expansion and contraction the idea of responsibility of Saturn is also well emphasized if you look at the traditional chakra correspondences of Saturn the planet is attributed to both the root chakra, which is symbolic of the earth element, Malkut, and the physical world, and also the crown chakra, which is you know the highest divinity, godhead, consciousness expansion, and very close to the sphere of Bina. So we work in the material realm of Malkut, but through that work, We begin to connect with that higher spiritual forces that lie beyond it and the keys to the doorway of the universe sit within that matter and that's this secret of the alchemical transformation transforming lead into gold so then we'll sit before the throne of Bina. So it's very interesting that you know the earth aspect of Saturn and then also that Saturnian aspects of Bina being very very much connected there. As I mentioned, Bina, um, Saturn's very much associated with that sphere on the Tree of Life, um, and Bina is obviously associated with the archetypal forces of form, the Queen of Sorrow, the Divine Feminine, as well as the Dark Mother. If you're not sure on the Kabbalah, Uh it'd be worth going back to listen to some of the episodes on the tree of life. However, to just quickly talk about Bina briefly, Bina is the third sphera sephira in the descent of consciousness from Keta, and it has the title of understanding. And as we get symbols like the phallus, the line and the yod are important when thinking about Hochma. So in Bina you get the, the Yoni or the Cup. Bina is the Third Sephiris, it forms this triangle of manifestation, so it's the birthplace of the beginnings of form. So, as we get this idea of the stardust of Hochma is generated, it goes into the womb of Bina and so gives birth to and manifestation to the rest of the universe. Bina also acts as a sort of death of sorts, it's the kind of death of consciousness in some senses and a return to the Great Mother. And this symbolism is, is, is very powerful. If one considers that the cup is the symbol of Bina, and traditionally it was said that the adept who crossed the abyss, which is represented by Dart or knowledge, must drain every drop of his blood into the cup of Bina. This is representative of the really of the requirement. If one wishes to cross the abyss, then one must give up everything that is separate. And it exists beneath the abyss, which is a process that was has been described as entering the city of pyramids. And the blood the blood that the adept drains out could also be kind of representative of that ego that you relinquish before being reborn. The idea of Saturn being a freeing influence is Really talked about quite well by Will Parfit in his book, The Living Kabbalah, which I'd highly recommend to anyone who hasn't read it. It's a really good introductory text to the Kabbalistic Tree of Life. Will Parfit says the following The adept who achieves this crossing is said to be in the city of pyramids, each pyramid representing the remains of a successful adept. There is a rebirth into spirit, and the adept, now called the master of the temple, is sometimes symbolically represented as a gardener whose sole purpose is the tending of his garden in his or her care. This garden is all the connections with the world the master of the temple has left behind, left behind only in order that it may be found again in a new transformed light. Some of the other correspondences of Bina um, are worth discussing as well. So you get the Archangel Safkiel, which we did an episode on, so check that one out if you want to find out more. The Angelic Order is the Aralim, the Planetary Spirit is Zazel, Planetary Intelligence is Agiel, and the Order of Demons is the Vessels of Iniquity. Astrologically, the planet Saturn is attributed to Capricorn, or the Mountain Goat, and this is quite interesting because it's due to the fact that the Sun enters the sign of Capricorn at the winter solstice which is obviously when Christianity is associated with the birth of Jesus and Saturn also has connections with the cycle of birth and death in other ways because it's, as we mentioned before, it's always been associated with this lord of death and life um, and being this kind of multifaceted but stern teacher who can communicate with us in different ways. The symbol of Saturn is formed of an equal-armed cross with a left-facing crescent attached to the bottom of the cross by its upper tip. And the cross has always been traditionally considered a symbol of the Earth and matter and form, as well as the sphere of Malkut. The crescent is the symbol of Luna, obviously, and the Moon. And as we know, the Moon is obviously one of the governors of time. The majority of our calendars are based on the lunar cycles therefore we have the concept of saturn as a ruler of form and constriction but also in the context of the moon so saturn can also be seen as being this sort of almost like an upper octave or part of an energy of the moon um, which rules more the sort of karmic destiny um, things we're meant to be doing and it will adjust accordingly from a mythological perspective saturn as we've seen is very much a center of bringing things into form karmic power and also restriction and the solidification of energy into form we find that a lot of the gods and goddesses associated with the sphere of gods associated with energy of you know death so you get like chronos the father of jupiter father time the grim reaper and and there's many more as well as we've seen the planet is named after the roman god of agriculture saturnus who in greek mythology was also known as Cronos, the father of zeus and saturn is the root of the english word saturday there's a lots of different gods and goddesses associated with it but i wanted to discuss a couple of them um, saturnus Neith, and tar saturnus Is the Roman god most closely associated with Kronos from Greek mythology? So he's often depicted wearing, you know, wielding a huge scythe, so a bit like the Grim Reaper, and is considered to be the agricultural god, the lord of the corn and of sowing seeds. He also had his own festival named after him, which was known as Saturnalia, which was a highlight of the Roman calendar and had a massive temple dedicated to him in the roman forum the symbolism of the corn and the seed is particularly interesting in relation to him those symbols often um often are used to represent initiation in the western mystery tradition so it's the concept of the the seed of light that's planted into the candidate or into the into the initiate and then it will kind of expand and grow until the fruits of the the labor um, emerge. It's also obviously a, a big symbol of you know rebirth and reincarnation. This whole idea of the corn and very closely related to Osiris from that point of view of this god of life and rebirth. A goddess of Saturn that's also worth working with and uh, looking into is Neat net or net she's one of the earliest goddesses worshipped in ancient egypt and was worshipped in the pre-dynastic period so circa three six thousand three one five zero bce and her veneration continues through the ptolemaic uh, dynasty which was the last to rule egypt before the coming of rome net has many different roles throughout her history ranging from being a goddess of war goddess of creation mother goddess as well as a funeral deity Um, she's also similar to anubis in the fact that she cares for and helps to dress the souls of the dead her cult mainly centered around Sais in the nile delta and she continued to be more, more popular even after many of her attributes were moved to goddesses such as isis and hathor From the perspective of Saturn, I feel she's really important as she was meant to have been present at the creation of the world and also in some stories, even the creator who gave birth to Artem Ra. Net is a good archetype to work with if you wish to kind of go back to the dawn of time um, before anything was created, the sort of black darkness of the primordial womb. Um, before anything was born, which is very much closely related to this idea of Bina and this kind of Saturnian energy. Another god that's quite interesting uh, connecting to Saturn is is the god Tar, which is spelled P-T-A-H. In in Egyptian mythology, he's the creator god and the maker of things and also the patron of craftsmen. And The ancient Greeks connected him with Hephaestus or Vulcan the divine blacksmith who brings things into creation through the pounding of his hammer and the work of the forge. Tar was originally the deity of Memphis, which was the capital of Egypt from the 1st dynasty onwards, and he works quite closely with Sechmet and Nefertem, and is one of the Memphite triad of deities. But Tar is normally depicted as a man in a mummy form wearing a skull cap, and he has a short, straight beard, as a funeral deity, Tar is often joined with Seca or Soca and also Osiris to form Tar, Seca, Osiris which is also another interesting triad to look into. The sacred bull Apis had his stall in the great temple of Tar at Memphis apparently and was called a manifestation of the god who gave oracles and Tar is a, is a really good archetype to work with in connection with Saturn as he represents the hardest most disciplined craftsman you can find so his teaching is, is very much about you know you can't rush things even if it takes you years of repetitive work and you receive no reward for all your efforts and this is very much this kind of hard hard task master um you know where you you'll go in and you'll be assigned to some very menial job over and over again Um, to get that right before you can do something different which again is very much related I think to the a lot of the work within the kind of magical training and things like that where you'll actually be you know some of the stuff you do at the beginning um, particularly around sort of meditation trying to still the mind trying to do relaxation trying to do breathing exercises all of those things you know they seem pretty boring um, at the beginning and you know, that's probably that's why an awful lot of people don't stick with it and they tend to drift away because you know they're not they just find it very dull but um it's that foundational work that foundational study that's that's really important and you'll see the benefits of it later on but you have to stick with it you have to stick with it another another example would be if you're trying to learn an instrument so for instance if you want to try and learn the guitar uh, when you first pick up the guitar you probably won't even be able to, you know, hold the strings, of your fingers, because your your skin in your fingers gets really sore. Um, you can't stretch them. You can't put the positions of the of the chords, and you've got to kind of like mentally think about how do I play that chord? How can I reach that with that finger? Um, but it's only through, you know, hours and hours of practice uh, and repetition that you will find that you can start to form those chords yourself um, without having to even think about it it'll just not your fingers will just naturally go there so again that's this sort of saturnian this uh, task master that's teaching you to do that there's a really amazing invocation about Ptah from a stone inscription of Ramses that i wanted to read from you and this is a hymn to Ptah. yours truly is praising praising your perfection Ptah the great south of his wall Tartanen in the midst of Memphis, noble god of the first occasion, who built people and gave birth to the gods, original one who made it possible for all to live, in whose heart it was spoken, who saw them develop, who foretold what was not and thought of what is. There is nothing that has developed without him, he whose development is their development, in the course of each day, proceeding from what he has determined." you have set the world to its laws like you made it and the black land is fixed under your command like the first occasion and that's a stone inscription um a hymn to tar which is a was written on, a, on one of the temples to Ramses. um working magically with saturn the best day to work with saturn is on a saturday obviously the yearly saturn period in the northern hemisphere is the last 52 days of the zodiac year so beginning from january 27th to roughly march the 21st this timing gives us again this idea of saturn as the ancient god Kronos and you know the dark death coldness of winter um, the personal saturn period would be classed the 52 days before your birthday with saturn as king of death which would signify the death of our last year and enabling the new year to begin. There's different materials uh, corresponding with Saturn as well. Um, so, from a metal perspective, you'd have lead, which is obviously the heaviest metal out there. Uh, minerals would be obsidian, diamond, hematite. Obviously, a diamond makes sense because you know it's this incredible amount of pressure that um, transforms the uh, the rocks into diamonds. So it's this, you know. Thousands of years of pressure um, creates something amazing. Plants, tobacco is a good one to work with, witch hallow, mandrake and deadly nightshade. Obviously don't uh, ingest any of those or anything like that. I'm not recommending you do anything like that, but those are some of the traditional correspondences. From a magical perspective, Saturn is a planet that can bring you know, the unknown into form so if we don't know about something or you're kind of afraid of something um, and you know you want something resolved this is something that will help because it's bringing in those forces into manifestation so you can see them and obviously one of the symbols um, that is used for the magician is the triangle of manifestation which is very much related to this kind of saturnian energy so this concept of bringing the unmanifest bringing the spirit could be just bringing the you know you got loads of shit going on and you don't you don't know how it's going to turn out so saturnian energies can bring those into manifestation in the same way that you a magician would summon a spirit into a into the triangle and constrain it in the triangle of manifestation it brings discipline to our lives it binds it can also banish unwanted energies and give protection the energy of saturn is Although it sounds quite similar to some of the energies of Gebura, which is the planet of Mars, um, but it is different. So Gebura is a, a warrior, active energy that that kind of protects and defends, whereas Saturn is more of a it's more of an energy that sort of neutralizes and banishes things. It takes away the inherent power of them rather than attacking them in the way that a you would in Gebura, which is a kind of warlike planet. Saturn almost would like neutralise things because it just takes so long that it would just neutralise any kind of power. It would just fizzle out. Saturn um, can also be invoked in a ceremonial setting um, to make destiny or outcomes of decisions clearer to us and it can help us to understand, as I said, what the repercussions may be. Um, due to actions of ourselves or others. So if we remember that Bina is the sphere of karma with the Archangel Zafkiel, Saturnian energies can also be brought in in the capacity to help us understand that current situation and also any challenges we're facing. So it's sort of laying out all the cards on the table. Hence the connection with Bina, obviously, whose name is Understanding. The energy of Saturn can also be used if you have lots of chaos in your life and you want to bring some order and stability to it. Um, so if you think about the the lead that sort of weights things down, grounds you, lead can also be kind of spiritually attached to you. So you're becoming more grounded, more focused, more disciplined for your goals, whether it's to you lose, you know, two pounds in the next couple of weeks, or um, you know, quit smoking, or, or things like that saturnian discipline will help you to focus get rid of the shit that is getting in the way and help you to kind of really strengthen up and focus on those energies saturnian energies can with any spell um on the material plane in particular in relation to manifesting manifestation magic or also money magic as well um that being said Saturn's more likely, if you work with it from a financial point of view, um, is more likely to bring things that will involve a lot of hard work. Um, So, you know, increased responsibility, a lot longer hours at work, rather than, um, you know, a lottery win or something like that. Saturn appears in many different ways, as we've discussed. And when we work with it as a taskmaster, a teacher, or a boss, but it's also through kind of giving us challenges in our way that will force us to grow as individuals. So it's it's very much this idea of this is for your own good um, concept. You know, it's something you really hate to do. Um, you find very difficult, very challenging. But if you go through that, then you'll see the real rewards of, of Saturn. Of course, as I said before, there's lots of different levels to tend to find once you've overcome one challenge or one goal then there'll be a new one and it's going to be just as much work and just as much pain this is unfortunately the one of the aspects of living as a human being in this world and this is very much the energy of Saturn so we learn to manage these difficulties these challenges in our lives and then we overcome them so it's just this constant Expansion, retraction. Expansion, contraction. And this is something here from the Bible, Matthew 16, 19 says. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. An interesting fact about Saturn is that due to it being a gas giant, it does not have a... Solid surface and has the lowest density of all the planets, so it's permanently covered with gases and liquid. And very interesting on that point of view is the fact that if you were to put the planet in water, apparently it would float. In the same way, when we work with Saturn, it challenges us to examine our lives and see beyond the you know, the often sort of fantastic illusions, delusions we tell ourselves constantly about what we can't do, you know, life is constantly, I can't do that because I can't get that job, because um, that girl won't go out with me, because uh, I can't afford to do that, you know, constantly excuses um, that we create and they, they kind of give us these limitations So Saturn is very much about seeing how far you can push your boundaries with your existing skills, um, with qualifications, or do you need more? What do you need in order to expand your universe, to expand beyond those limitations? Um, It might be that you need to learn a new skill. It might be that you need to work more hours in your job. Um, It might be that you need to work on social skills and make better contacts and better relationships with with people. Um, Saturn will help you to identify those weaknesses and help you to overcome them if you work with this energy. Often we find that when we're confronted with limitations they aren't and not actually blockers but keys to further potential. And a good saying that helps I think to understand this point is a quote from Richard Bach. His book, Illusions, which is a really small book, but very deep in its wisdom. And he said, argue for your limitations and sure enough, they are yours. What he means by that is that as human beings, we need to learn to accept the consequences of our actions and our limitations, but also look beyond them. Often you find that the thing that you thought was holding you back can be removed through just changing your attitude and a simple switch of perspective. So it's about being open to the idea of change and keeping that door of change constantly open. Thanks very much for joining us this week on the Ockup London podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please make sure to visit our website at ockuplondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. Thank you.